Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming up right at you here with the Pop Culture Cosmos Game Source. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, we've got another great episode that's out there helping you with your last-minute fantasy football drafts. Plus, we've got another great episode coming this week with the guys from the Lakers Fast Break, where we cover the latest news and trends in basketball and the Lakers. They're going to stop by Inside Sports Fantasy Football to give you their picks for week one of the NFL happening this week. Kickoff! for the NFLs this week. So go ahead and check that out wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, of course, I said Lakers fast break. Our good friends at Vampires and Vitae, don't forget to check out, of course, some great people involved, including Melinda and Robbie Ross. They're going ahead and checking out, doing everything that they can at Vampires and Vitae and also Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Of course, everything going on at the Happy Hoarder. You got to go ahead and catch the Happy Hoarder live at one of the many places that he's at each and every weekend, or, of course, happyhordercollectibles.com, the latest news and trends and pop culture on our popculturecosmos.wordpress.com site, and, of course, everything that's going on right here at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where we post the latest news and trends by item in pop culture right there for you at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is absolutely pumpkinating right now as we speak he's a good man indeed you got to go ahead and check him out today with all the great collectibles that are out there at happyhoardercollectibles.com and the happy hoarder all over social media it is my good friend it is josh peterson what's up man yeah check out our website www.happyhoardercollectibles.com lots of new funko pops up there this weekend some uh new pokemon cards as well so go ahead and check it out but gerald how you doing man i'm doing all right you know it's a little rainy for us out here in las vegas but we're doing the best we can absolutely need it here so i know it's causing and creating havoc out in the streets because we don't know how to handle so much rain but you know what we need it so we're gonna get it and i hope we're it's gonna continue for a little while longer but doing okay indeed i hope everybody is safe up there uh, at the burning man area up north here in nevada i know that there's been a lot of issues and problems because of the severe flooding that's uh, happened and they had to go ahead and make sure and tell everybody to stay where they're at because just it's such an unsafe environment uh, around that area so i'm hoping everybody will get out safe uh, i know there's been already a death reported there and Hopefully, everybody will just be able to get out okay. I heard that Diplo and Chris Rock had to get into one of their, uh, I, I guess, that, yeah. fans' van <laughs> just to escape the uh, the turmoil that's going on at the Burning Man area. So I hope everybody else is, is safe and uh, getting home as best they can under the circumstances there. But yes, the Burning Man event was didn't go exactly as planned, but I'm hoping that your Labor Day weekend, my friend, has gone as planned. That's been all right. We uh, we set up at the local mall out here, so I've been hoping to cash in on the uh, Labor Day mall goers. But uh, you know, it's, it's it's been all right so far. There's been they had a um, there's a been Galaxy Con up in Austin, and that's has been hosting like you know sixty plus celebrities and voice actors. So a lot of people have been out there. So I think that might 
you know, explain why things have been slow down here in Waco. But, um, you know, hopefully tomorrow things will pick up. I hope so, too, as my friend. You're doing great business. I know that for the most part. Otherwise, I know that a lot of people have been interested in what you've what your wares are. I know you've had some good success so far. And I know you've got a lot of great things to talk about, especially when it comes to great collectibles that people need to check out at happyhoardercollectibles.com, correct? Yes, absolutely. Check out the website. Uh, we got some new things coming in this week. A lot of Funko Pops, a lot of exclusive AAA anime Funko Pops. So make sure you're checking out the old website. I will remind you that you do need to go ahead and get your hands on some of those uh, exclusive Funko Pops. I sent word to you you might need to go ahead and get because they could become a valuable commodity because of what's coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm you know I'm I'm working on it. Okay, just want to make sure and let you know because it is only available in a certain way to go ahead and get that. So hopefully you will go ahead and be able to buy or get a chance to get a couple of those so you can go ahead and have it out there and available for your fan base at happyhortocollectibles.com. But it is going to be a great episode. We're going to be talking about great many things including cm punk getting fired actually not storyline actually really legit out of ew wrestling and what impact that might have also as well the venice film festival which uh, to me in my mind seems to now have supplanted the con film festival because the con film festival comes earlier in the year and actually shows a lot of big budget premieres so the Venice Film Festival is geared more towards art house films, films that are going to be coming out later this year, November, December, some of those that are going to be vying for Oscars. So we're going to talk about Venice Film Festival's stance as far as previewing some really, really high-end Oscar films. That's coming up in a bit as well. But first, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and before we get into Starfield, which is the main topic of the day, I wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit about Equalizer 3 at the box office. It looks like it's going to do right around $50 million for the Labor Day weekend. Anybody who thinks Denzel Washington is past his prime as a box office draw in the right setting, in the right film, this man can still get it done. Oh, absolutely. So I didn't even actually know they were on Equalizer. I didn't even know there was an Equalizer 2 that came out. I know there was that that tv series with queen latifah and i think that's still going is it wow okay it I is well Equalizer thought of my one. friend <laughs> is it okay i mean you know i don't know but uh i i did watch the first equalizer when it came out on on when for streaming this was years ago but like i i i really enjoyed it you know if i had known there's a second one i probably would have watched it but you know lo and behold we're on three so i'm gonna have to do some backtracking here but i can definitely see why people enjoy that movie like denzel is it, it doesn't matter like what he's in like he's amazing in just about everything he's ever done so you know granted american gangster was kind of you know boring a little i mean to me it was a little boring but pretty much everything he's ever been in that i've watched has been great and uh equalizer three is kind of like one of those uh not three but the equalizer series is kind of like the you know the liam neeson-esque action movies and Mm -hmm. sometimes people just need those in their lives you know absolutely i guess the story centers around him wanting to find peace and tranquility and i think an italian city and of course, uh, the mafia is still very much present in this story and in Italy, in the movie. 
and uh, it's a battle where he is unwittingly put into a a uh, conflict between him and the mafia that tries to terrorize the town, and he does his usual equalizer things. So there you go, my friend. But yes, uh, great success for uh, Labor Day weekend for September when films are starting to wind down. The summer is pretty much done and over with. This is probably the last weekend you could say probably of the official summer box office season. It's been a very mixed box office season with the highs of Barbenheimer, Barbie and Oppenheimer, with the lows of several superhero movies and and other movies that have just not materialized to the way that they should have. That's, you know, Indiana Jones, uh, Mission Impossible. They didn't hit their marks as far as the, for the box office. Again, I mentioned the DC movies. It, it just seemed like there's a overall, when we look back upon the year of 2023, not only from a critical standpoint, at least up until this point, uh, also a money making standpoint. I understand, again, we've said this on every week, and I've said this on every week. Yeah, I understand that they're oh, year over year, they're making a little bit more money, but there's so many losers, more losers than before, that it's hard for me to say that this is a total win for the box office this year. Do you think that there's more losers or people are just a lot, um, a lot harsher on films or a lot not harsher, but a lot pickier about what they're going to see? Uh, you know, based on just like the the times we're living in, not I mean, just economic from an economic standpoint. I mean, I think it's uh, probably uh, the latter. They're just a lot pickier. Uh, for instance, Indiana Jones. You know, obviously nostalgia is can be a two way street. It, you, people can either love it like Barbie, or just not give it its time like Indiana Jones. Uh, I really thought Indiana Jones would do pretty well. It seemed like it had a decent marketing push. It seemed like it had a pretty good trailer. Got okay reviews, but didn't get great reviews at all. But it ended up uh, losing a mass amount of money for Disney. And I think it's just because when it comes down to it, when I got when I looked a little bit behind the scenes and I pulled the veil a little bit on it, it seems like the nostalgia part in this thing was with Indiana Jones meant a lot to people like you and I, but to younger audiences, it meant nothing at all. Well, and that's where, you know, we run into the same problem with like Star Wars and how long until we run into that problem with Marvel too, right? Like Iron Man. I think we're already there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're like in 2010, I think it was Iron Man. Right. So, I mean, we're already like Uh, 2008, 2008. So we're, you know, we're over 10 years. Like that's an entire generational jump right there. So they either have to do something to make some of these big franchises seem new again. You know, when we talked about this before star Wars, right. Starting from a new era, create a whole new storyline, new heroes or whatever, or they need to just come up with something new, you know, don't, uh, don't keep trying to tap the same, not tap, but like, don't, don't try to milk the same cow, you know, don't milk the same cow. If the udders dry, you know, do something, do something new, do something fresh, exciting. And, uh, you know, maybe that will reinvigorate the box office. But, you know, you're right. I think people are getting tired of the nostalgia because people of, you know, my generation, your generation are just not going to the movies as often as they used to. I think Guardians of the Galaxy, the reason why that still did really good, about 800, 850 million, just slightly under volume two, I think, uh, or right around that, was because that people still remember the original Guardians of the Galaxy. 2014 mm-hmm. was not 
so far off that they didn't remember as far as the younger audience is, is concerned. They remember going to see it as a kid, and so they could still relate to it. Now, mind you, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 did not end up. <laughs> That's not, I'm going to try and be generality on the spoilers. It did not end up being everything that they said it would as the final movie for some of these uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as far as the end that they would meet right. their demise per se. So I thought it, it was a little bit of, it was a false yeah, advertising. I mean, yeah. And, and believing that it was, was, is foolish, you know, because I, I don't imagine Disney ever allow, I mean, I was surprised that they let Iron Man die in in game, to be honest. Yes, he really did. Who yes, knows? Really did. Who knows? The comic books, they always open up some kind of portal or somebody like breaks the time continuum and boom, the, our favorite heroes are back. We are dealing with a multiverse now, so that's all I'll say. But uh, the poor returns for for superhero movies outside of the Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania after a big first week tanked hard. And also as well, you had Blue Beetle. Unfortunately, that's the latest to underwhelm audiences. Also as well, you had, of course, The the Flash did, did terrible. Uh, you had Shazam. That did terrible as far as Shazam 2. Even on Disney Plus, the streaming end, Secret Invasion has become uh, pretty much the butt of a joke as far as the amount of people who actually watched that that show and, and what came out of it and how many people panned it. And it just seems like right now the superhero era, we're at a point where maybe we're at the low end of what we're seeing with that once again like we were before the wave of marvel when when superhero movies were really at a low outside of the batman movies which i was actually catching today on netflix but remember in the 2000s after daredevil and electra and and you know just mm -hmm. really the bad response to those and it just just seems like we're back down. The plateau has ended. We're now at the lower end of, of superhero movies. And I think it's going to take a lot for people to go ahead and, and find their love for superhero movies once again. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't I honestly like I've I've sat down and thought about this before. Like, I don't know how, though, like, I don't know how they're going to reinvigorate that uh, that. I don't know, love of superhero movies. I don't know if it will ever come back. And that's the uh that's that's the tricky part, especially since you know Marvel's a multi-billion dollar property for for Disney. So either they're gonna keep putting things out and people are gonna get even more and more and more tired of it, or they're gonna have to find some way to uh you know get people excited again, which I, I again I don't know how that's gonna happen. I know Martin Scorsese and some others may be happy that Oppenheimer's had did success in a post superhero era as far as what they did as far as $850 million now worldwide at the box office, which is sensational for an R rated movie. When it comes to though, what they were talking about, about those thrill rides and the, the, you know, the master directors were saying and, and trying to go ahead and talk bad consistently about how Hollywood had gone all superhero and it was to the detriment of the movie industry. Well, this is our time to start making movies that are supposed to be resonating audience until the fact it comes to the fact that, okay, the superhero movies have been replaced by Barbie and Mario at the top of the box office. Is that really <laughs> changed things as far as that's concerned, as far as should they be happy about that or should they be just like, Ugh, can you imagine happen? a day though? Like when, hot a hot wheels movie or like a stretch armstrong movie like out does an avengers film 
Like, I, I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. But, uh, it'd be a really kind of a, a sad day in, uh, in movie history, I guess. Killers that went, okay. Martin Scorsese, his movie Killers of the Flower Moon comes out later this year, right? It's three and a half hours long. It's, you mm -hmm. know, obviously it's going to have a lot of acclaim to it. I'll be interested to see how that movie performs and if he's still blaming some pop culture genre led movie as for to blame why that why that movie was or was not a success for him so i uh, i'm interested to see what what that movie does if there's going to be any backlash from it so we'll see what happens i think with like scorsese and i don't who there i know there's been a few other filmmakers i think oh, it, yeah. it's this this like fear of like it's the adapter die. Like I can't adapt. So does this mean my career is over, you know, yeah. but then you look at someone like Ridley Scott who adapts fine. Like he puts out, he's put out a couple garbage films in the last five years. But Although I like, wasn't happy still... with what he said the other week about Blade Runner 2049 saying it's too slow, blah, blah, blah. He would have done, he regrets not doing it, blah, 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 blah. That's a brilliant movie. It is a brilliant movie. I I love it, but I also like hate how he folds to the pressures of the studio like he should have just stuck to his guns and finished that prometheus trilogy that he wanted to start but instead we just got what we just talked about the recycled nostalgia of ooh, an alien on a spaceship like that was that was really disappointing but you know look at him he's still doing his own thing it's not stopping him from making films he's not sitting there going like oh no there's another ant-man movie coming out so i am just gonna not make any movies anymore like uh, uh, he's not doing that he's still going strong so there are filmmakers out there who aren't being slowed by this but yeah it's 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 i don't know i don't know where i'm going with that and, and it'd be funny because if, if denzel washington and his movie equalizer three another formulaic movie like we saw earlier this year from john wick four and all that that did pretty good and I'm mm -hmm. sure there's another John Wick on the way, even though, <laughs> spoilers, he's supposed to be uh, no longer with us. But we all know the truth on that one. When it comes to Killers of the Flower Moon, again, we're going to have to see how it compares to Equalizer 3, other movies, The Founder that's coming out later this month with his son in the lead role, John David Washington. Excellent actor, as I've told you before. I think he deserves every bit of chance. By the way, wouldn't that be cool if if his son replaces Denzel later on and it, it keeps the Equalizer IP going? Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. You know what I would really love, though? Like, you know how Expendables brought all, like, the 80 and 90 action heroes together? Like, I would love a like a gritty dark underground team up that had like John Wick, the equal uh, Denzel and Liam Neeson, like the taken. What if they told us that taken John Wick and equalizer all existed in the same universe? Cause they're basically the same movie, the retribution force. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Speaking of which, you know, the expendables four is coming out later this month. I know. So I watched Expendables 2 and I got like halfway through 3 and I was like, ah, I'm, I could do without this one. So what are your thoughts out there on Equalizer's great weekend for Equalizer 3 and the future of what's going on for superhero films, art house films and more? We'll be talking more about Venice Film Festival coming up here in a bit. But what are your thoughts out there on the movies for 2023? Let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. 
for the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, before we hit the half hour break, and actually this discussion is going to continue longer than that. So I want to go ahead and let everybody know that we're going to have lots of time to talk about that. And that's this week's big event in the video game world, which, well, actually some people as of now, as of this recording, are able to play it if you bought the special editions. But for most everybody else, it is starting on the 6th with Starfield, Xbox's big release of 2023 powered by the Bethesda Game Studios, makers of the Elder Scrolls series and the Fallout series. They're back with their newest IP, their first IP in over 25 years. So I ask you, my friend, Starfield, the Metacritic rating is 87, but the opinions of those who got to go ahead and have it in advance, I wish we were two of them, got to go ahead and share their thoughts at length here in the past few days. And the opinions of the individuals that have been able to have a chance to check this out have wildly varied all over the place. So I would love to hear your thoughts on Starfield, a Bethesda game adventure like no other. So Brian Brank, you know, Dr. Donna from that we used to do Super BS, like they were, we have this group chat still and they're like talking about how they've been playing Starfield. like, oh, cool. I didn't know that it was out already. So I went to go download it, found out, you know, if you have Games Pass Ultimate, you can pay 30 bucks and get like the, you know, the one with the DLC and all that. And you could play it early, which I wish I would have known because I would have downloaded it. But anyways, like I didn't even know it was out yet, but they're saying amazing things about it. They, they, they really love it. They're, they're RPG fiends. So they're, um, you know, naturally this is like, right up their alley but i you know i've I've been seeing like reviews from the uh you know publications and things like that giving it like eights and nines and things like that but i'm also hearing a lot of gamers saying like this is like a a nine nine to a ten like it's they ever people i've I've seen sixes i've seen tens all over the place as far as how they perceive it because the adventure is how you make it it's you make it to yourself it's not a and there, there are no two adventures, no two experiences in this game that are going to be alike. Right, but there's, you know, especially when it comes to games like this, Mass Effect was, um, you know, Mass Effect kind of, it, they didn't hold your hand, but they kind of told you, like, where you needed to go next, right? And if you wanted to visit this planet or that planet on the way there, you could. Uh, Starfield is just, from what I understand, it's like you just literally go anywhere and do anything you want to. Like, there's a main... Like there's a narrative thread to follow, but you don't have to do any of that stuff. Like you just spend forever going from planet to planet. And I think for people who like to have their hand held while playing games, and that it's not a bad thing to like that kind of thing. I, this might be a little more complicated for them than they thought. Well, there is a, that's one of the main issues that I see as a consistent through line on these uh, reviews is that there are no or virtually no tutorials that are assisting the player to do things like building ships. You have the ability to go ahead and customize your ship so you can travel the galaxy and customize it to however you want. You don't get a tutorial on that. 
uh, as far as for certain things that you need to do in the storyline, whether it's the main storyline or it's a side quest or what have you, because some of these side quests are really meaty and some of the most well-developed in Bethesda's history, but you don't have any type of uh, directions or maps to really help you out that are in of any detail. They're really quite vague, which is a shame because you and I have played Fallout and me, who is a big fan of the Elder Scrolls, where you had maps that were detailed and could get you where you want to go. Yeah, they, they were good at maps, but I mean, they never really gave you tutorials. Like in the beginning of Skyrim, they tell you like how to look up and down. That's pretty self-explanatory. But when it came to like the DLC where you're building houses, they didn't teach you how to do that. You just kind of had to like sit down and mess around with it. So that that's never been Bethesda's MO. The maps have always been absolutely stunning, though. So I don't yeah, I don't know what the deal is with the map on this one. But I, you know, especially with a game like this, where everyone's it, it was it's being everyone looked at it like this is going to be the perfect space game. And I think that now, uh, you know, people get into it expecting it to the expectations are so high that I think it's going to be impossible to, you know, for it to get tens across the board by everybody. Yeah, and I'm to be quite honest with you, I think the 87 on Metacritic for me after seeing so many of these videos is actually quite surprising. I thought it would be lower, to be quite honest with you, because there's so many individuals that are not enjoying this game, and then there's so many individuals on the other side that are enjoying the game. They're liking whether they want to go on the space combat. Some others are not even doing any space combat at all. Some of them are mad about the exploration because there even there's a thousand planets to explore. The planets themselves, unless there's specific points of interest, don't really have much going on in them. There's also the fact that there's a lot of loading screens involved in the 2023 with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series S and X. One of the things that was supposed to eliminate from many games is loading screens. And now you're getting, as far as travel jumps disguised as loading screens which is irritating a lot of people but when it comes to the customization on things you can customize whether it's story wise or whether it's your equipment wise that seems to be a bethesda trademark and how it gets things done yeah but on the other hand like that's kind of this game is so massive like there's going to be bugs coming out the the gate and todd howard even said like hey there's some bugs but we're pretty you know, proud of what we've put out so far. There has been, yeah. but this is by many. Most of individuals have said that this is the lowest number of bugs in a Bethesda game at launch just yet. Yeah, yeah, and that's I think that's amazing. Like you, you got to, uh, you know, you got to count your wins where they happen. And then you know, you look look at it this way too. Like, have you ever played? Like, heard people? Sorry, I keep saying like a lot. I don't know why, but. There are people who keep saying, like, this game is going to be amazing, and it's not really, like, your cup of tea, but you try anyways to be excited for it. I did that with with um, Red Dead Redemption 2. I was, everyone was really excited, and they kept saying, oh, it's going to be amazing, and I tried to force myself into that genre, despite the fact that I don't like Western games, mm-hmm. and I ended up not enjoying my time with that at, at all. And I, I really wanted to. And I think that there are some people who are feeling that same way about Starfield. Like, uh, you know, space RPGs are not their thing, but this game is supposed to be the biggest game, you know, for the past five years. And they're trying to force themselves to like it. And that might be a reason why some people aren't really enjoying it that much. 
Well, RDR2, again, like you, I loved RDR. So I actually thought, and for me, that was something I'm not huge into Western games either, but I loved Red Dead Redemption until they decided to go ahead and pay, you know, charge you $50 for an upgrade to Switch and PS5. But that's a different story. But (laughs) um, I love the original Red Dead Redemption. And I thought RDR2 was going to be that same thing. It's been critically hailed. And I just could not find myself going through it and continuing through it. So I hear you on that one. So this won't be for everybody, but the question remains uh, as we get into uh, the just of it as far as where the xbox stands it is 2023 my friend the xbox has had a rough year red far has been a miserable failure uh they are finding themselves a distant number three in the console race even over a console that's what seven eight years now six seven years i'm sorry into its life cycle and the nintendo switch and yeah it's at the point where they need a home run you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. They have the best value in gaming with the Xbox Games Pass. We have said it on the show several times, but nothing seems to stick with people as far as what they're seeing. They're still buying PlayStation 5s and Switch. Can this be can this be the precursor or the start of a trend now finally going the way for Xbox in their, you know, I know that Xbox has always said Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox has said, oh, well, number, you know, the matter of console sales is not important to us. It's the subscriptions. It's the overall imprint that Xbox Games Pass has is more important to us. But to me, I think the console sales still in 2023 has to become more important to them. Will this help that out? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I've I've already spoken to some people who were under the weird impression that this was coming out on um, PlayStation Five, and I was like, no, it's it's an Xbox exclusive. And they it was say, supposed oh, to be a PlayStation to exclusive at one time due mm-hmm. to the uh, court findings. Yep. 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 But then you know they're saying, oh, I maybe I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out and buy an Xbox just to play this game. So yeah, it, it's it's clearly it's working. So uh, can it sell consoles? Absolutely. And uh, you know, proof of that too is that um, people are, whether or not they have Games Pass, people are buying these uh, on physical. Because I mean, I tried to go and order some copies for the Happy Hoarder, and all the distribution sites are completely sold out of them so people are obvious i mean they're they're projecting that this game is going to sell a lot of copies a lot of people are going to play it so yeah naturally i think that it's going to sell consoles as well i think it will i think that was still a mistake by them to not have a special edition starfield console or starfield branded console i understand that they have those wraps that they're now going to be doing for xbox series x that's great and all but they still need like a holiday bundle it still needs something to put it out there that i think that would have helped them tremendously they still may do it they still may announce it but i was hoping that they would actually go ahead and be able to follow through on that sooner 
rather do you see that controller you see i do see the controller the controller is beautiful the headset the special edition headset that's really nice uh from what i'm seeing Uh, i think that these are steps in the right direction but i just i need to see more of a push more of a push from xbox that you know they're they've put a huge amount into marketing this game I think for me would have been just the final touch to go ahead and make a con. They've done everything but make that console, make that special edition console, do something just liven up other than just the simple black Xbox Series X. Do something to go ahead and show that you really actually are thinking that this is a once in a video game generation release. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I yes, they don't have the console bundle out, but I think that they've done an amazing job marketing this. And you know, we we talked about the the collectibles coming out, and I from what I understand, there's some action figures coming out too, and there's T-shirts. They're doing a great job of marketing this game, and I I definitely see this being something when the holidays approach, uh, people buying consoles and copies of this game and getting them for Christmas or giving them to people for Christmas. Like this is. This is Starfield is going to be a game changer for Xbox. I I can feel it. It's not going. I mean, it maybe it won't help them win the console race, but it's definitely going to help them cover some lost ground for sure. Well, that's what I'm hoping because I like to see a more even playing field from all of the manufacturers that that's out there. I'd love to see that's what's going on. Bloodhound seventy three says Microsoft can't afford to have Starfield fail. You're right, they can't. Their last big exclusive was a flop. That was Redfall. That was terrible. I know a lot of people are actually kind of liking it now, but you got to have it come out good from the get-go. You can't do... Okay, I should say you can do it because No Man's Sky came out to scathing reviews. But that such a bad, that's such a bad president, though. I mean, like, look at... Massive... It, but five years later, six years mm-hmm. later, it's now a terrific game. Fallout 76, years later, it's now a terrific game, but not enough people stayed with it to make it really, truly Mm -hmm. successful. Go ahead. But then we got, we got, sorry, we got like this wave of games, though, where people are are putting their games out, they're incomplete, and they're saying like, oh, this is a games as a service, or it's a, what do you call it, like a living game or whatever, and we're just going to keep putting stuff on it and tweaking it and perfecting it as we go. That's not... The cyberpunk fiasco. Yes, and that is not that's not that's not cool. I mean, as, from a consumer standpoint, that's, that's not something that that I want. Like, if you're gonna put a game, Final Fantasy 15 did this, and it, it like ruined completely ruined the game. Like, they didn't even get a chance to finish it. So, if you're gonna put something out and have somebody pay 60, 70 plus dollars for it, put out a complete product. Put out something that doesn't have bugs. I'm sure the average gamer would wait an extra few months just to have something that was actually worth their money. I'll tell you what, uh, I agree with you on that. It just, you know, and they had to delay this game already to get it where it stands now. And still there are bugs, still there are issues, still there are complaints. I, I still think that whoever internally reviews this, because now they're supposed to have internal people reviewing. Some of them were former journalists, people in the industry. They're supposed to give their honest opinion on how this is done so they could go ahead and correct it and you know, make some tweaks or whatnot, but they still send out, mm-hmm. should have told them in advance about some of the diverse opinions that they would have upcoming because of some of the things that are there and not there, but start for Starfield. 
I tell you, though, I am still not deterred by any of the negative reaction. I'm more inspired by the positive reaction on what I can do and where I can go with Starfield. I can't wait until the 6th until I get a chance to play it. I'm actually going ahead and getting Xbox Games Pass in order to go ahead and get it. So, my friend, that, again, something I haven't done in a long time for Xbox, I'm about to do to go ahead and get my hands on Starfield. And hopefully this is the beginning of you wanting to play many, many more games. Absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping as well. I mean, it, this this will hopefully start a progression forward for Microsoft as they come out with more hits, hopefully down the road. Fable, Avowed, uh, we don't know the status of Halo and Gears of War. Uh, it's, we're going to have to have something addressed eventually through there because the previous Halo, that was met with mixed success. Uh, and then the previous Gears of War was met also with a little bit more or a little bit less of mixed success. It's actually a little bit more favorable review, but did not stick as a game that people wanted to continuously play. So hopefully we can yeah. still find more from those two IPs, but also find IPs from Xbox that are new, that are fresh, or they're exciting that they can go ahead and play. And hoping it will start with Starfield. I think Starfield, the advanced word on sales on Steam, as far as the PC end of it, it are it, are really, really good. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 level, per se. And I will say that the reason why probably is because the modding community is like just chomping at the bit and salivating as soon as it came out on the first for some people and on the sixth for others, as far as what they can do with it. I'm hoping they'll be able to transfer some of those mods over to the console community. But really, I think a lot of people are still looking for Starfield to be their game for the rest of this year you know what's great too is i was reading that the uh, somebody who who made some like cluster mods on uh skyrim actually got hired to create the clusters on uh starfield too so people who mod things like it's it's not a waste of time like it's an amazing way to to uh, try to get a job uh, a lot of these video game companies hire people who do things like that yeah, they keep their eye on it. And if it's received well and it's popular, then they can expect a call coming at some point in time. So it mm -hmm. just gets people started in that part of the industry. And like you said, sometimes it works out very well. So I'm hoping to see a lot of the mods for the PC community that will be hopefully even upgrading the game even more and correcting some of the things that people have issues with when it comes to Starfield taking care of in rapid fashion. But I'm really excited for, for Starfield, and I know you are as well, my friend. But when it comes down to it, will Starfield leave a long-lasting impression for gamers for some time to come? It has to be. It has to be. I don't know if it, it can achieve Skyrim-like fame, where, well, I mean, 50 million plus in sales, plus it's been on almost every conceivable platform known to mankind, wherever they can be able to go ahead and shove that game, they've been able to shove it. You and I have actually joked on this show about it, but that, and also Fallout 4, but Oblivion, you know, those are the top three most well-known games, the most well-beloved games. I don't know if it'll reach that status, but it has to be a game that resonates for some time to come. Yeah, it does. Honestly, I don't think we're going to know that for sure until we somebody out there gets to the end of the game. And who, when that happens, who who can really say? But it, well, the, the Mass campaign Effect has been finished is, by a lot of people already, though, as far as the reviewers. Oh, 
Yeah. They're done with it? They've oh, done with their okay. game. But well, the new game plus, but the new game plus feature is something that's expanded the game even more. So a lot of uh, there have been quite a few reviewers who've actually finished the main campaign for about it takes about 30, 35, 40 hours to do. Awesome. But the fact that the, the fact that they've been able to expand their game for over a hundred hours, 125 hours, 150 hours already is due to the fact that there's so much to do. And they all say to a T that there's so much they haven't seen yet in Starfield. Doesn't that answer your question right there, though? If people are taking the time to go back and replay the game already, that I think that speaks pretty well. I, I you know, who knows if they're going to release DLC on this game or not, but. You know, if you're someone who takes the time to go back and replay a game because you like it that much, I think that that already speaks volumes about what kind of legacy it's going to leave behind. I hope so, my friend, because I've had mixed results from my Bethesda experiences. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Fallout series. It just never resonated well with me, even uh, yeah. Obsidian's uh, new uh, Fallout New Vegas, which is you know such a beloved game. I just don't know why it just never clicked with me. When it comes to Elder Scrolls, I've told you about my love for Elder Scrolls. I have 130 hours in, and I stopped playing the main quest a long time ago. <laughs> I just yeah, decided yeah. to go and do my own thing. Uh, you know, I, I was into the, the the pirate world and having pirates, you know, give me their part of their treasures. I went into gladiator world, became a high-ranked gladiator, and I just started going off and doing my own thing. I don't even remember where the main quest start, you know, where I'm at in the main quest. I have to actually mm -hmm. pop it into an Xbox again one of these days and try to go ahead and see if I can do just that. But when it comes to that or 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 my experience with Skyrim, I've told you my my issues with Skyrim is based off the bugs. I, I got frustrated because I, I played 20 plus hours, close to 30 hours, got in a bug, got my character in a part where I couldn't get, he just was like stuck in a room in an area wedged in between a, a wall and a statue and just could not get out of it. And I, I didn't have a save that was corrected at the right time to go ahead back and go over it. So I just basically chucked that all my uh, hours out the window there. So I've had mixed experiences and I'm hoping I'm going to have at least a positive experience when it comes to Starfield this week yeah i hope starfield has an auto i haven't seen a lot of video but i mean i'm hoping that it has a an auto save feature that just automatically saves your game every 10 minutes i don't think it does i, I we haven't seen that in a long time i think oblivion really does the auto saves well uh in a case i forget but i would still save anyways as far as manually i think uh i would hear baldur's gate 3 which is one of the most lauded games of the year everybody loves says you have to manually save all the time in that game or you will lose a lot of hours whether it's bug issues or whether it's just you know decisions that are made or roles that were made that just were not to your liking so be prepared to go ahead and manually save. i think that's just a way of life now manual saving for most of these big rpgs because that's a feature the auto save that is severely underused and probably no longer really a part of most games. Yeah, but you do, and like you said with Baldur's Gate, like I'm one of those people where I, yeah, everyone, I will remember to save my game if I'm doing something important, but like if I get lost in the gameplay because it's good, I sometimes forget to do that. And so I'll, I'll have played for like two hours, and this happened in Skyrim a lot. I'll have played for two hours and all of a sudden, oh, I forgot to save my game, and uh, boom, it's all gone. And it crashed. Yep, that's yeah. that's my fear, my friend. 
that's my fear when it comes to Bethesda's games. But we're going to go ahead at it and see what we can do to go ahead and try to have some fun as we veer off into space, veer off into Starfield. Coming up later this week, it's actually on the 6th. Everybody will be able to go ahead and get their hands on it. If you're an Xbox gamer or a PC gamer, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Or if you're playing it already, if you got a special edition and you're playing it already because you got five days early to go ahead and check it out. What are your thoughts on Starfield? Xbox's latest attempt to go ahead and get back into the swing of things in the video game world. Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, just a few minutes left, but one of the things I wanted to cover was this weekend's Venice Film Festival. And I know, I know that uh, it's it's art housey, it's independent, independent movie making at its finest uh, but there's a lot of art house films that go ahead and show the where's there and you and i always think well, okay when it comes to film festivals can is the number one it, as far as but it comes out earlier in the year it does have its share of art house movies but it also has some usually some higher end triple a features that a lot of people get a chance to see there and they usually come out, some of them, during the course of the summer. So it doesn't have the same effect that I think the Venice Film Festival does. Because the Venice Film Festival comes out late August, early September, my friend. And that's starting the fall, winter plan for some of these movies to come out. They start to roll out the hype machine on some of these movies for Oscars that they think might actually get the gold statue. So when you look at this, my friend... The Venice Film Festival in its importance, I think it's for as far as on the aesthetics, Oscar, best of the year list, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's now holding to me in more of an importance than Khan. Yeah, you know what? I had not really been paying attention to the Venice Film Festival until I started reading about the Ferrari movie with Adam Driver. So that's what kind of made me. Michael Mann directing it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what kind of made me look more into it. But, you know, from what I understand, historically, like the Venice Film Festival has always been things that have had uh, international ties of some kind. So I, I've i never really followed it that much. Is there, Was there anything there beyond Ferrari that you think is going to be internationally recognized? 
Oh, I think there is, my friend. I'll go ahead and mention that in a minute. But I do want to start off with Michael Mann's Ferrari, uh, with Adam Driver in the lead role of Ferrari himself. Uh, I think that that's something that's very, uh, I guess, uh, very uh, diverse in its response. The reason why I say that, because, uh, again, it's Adam Driver trying his hand at another Italian accent, (laughs) as we saw with the House of Gucci. This is the most unlike Michael Mann movie that they've seen in quite some time from him, especially during this period of time in the 50s when the Ferrari name was at a critical juncture. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, that's, that's sorry, I was laughing at Kurt Affair's comment I know, there. I saw that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I mean, Adam Driver is an actor who who literally pours everything that he has into every role that he plays including the uh the brother in logan lucky which is like one of my all-time favorite roles from him but it is interesting to have him play a character like that i i really want to see this movie i think the movie that i really think that this might get some love get this my friend it's from the director of the lobster the favorite and uh, some of the movies that are very weird and eccentric and out there that has been made in past. Yorgos Lanthimos is the director's name. You know, we've talked about the lobster being one of those weird eccentric movies that, you know, really had got some love, but the movie that he directed that's coming out later this year, again, during the December holiday period is called poor things. It's a female version of a Frankenstein like movie with Willem Dafoe with Emma Stone Basically, he, oh, yep, I bring, read about he, that. he woman got killed, but brings her back to life with a brain of a child. Okay, so he, he brings her back to life via Frankenstein-like things with the brain of a child. So she discovers herself with the help of Mark Ruffalo's very uh, scrupulous attorney character, who everybody is also raving about, that uh, she goes off and discovers herself in the liberation moment in Paris uh, in a, I think it was the 1920s, 1930s, uh, just, uh, you know, really an age gone by, but discovering herself and who she is. And she's maturing because she has that childlike brain that she's still developing. She starts off learning only 15 words each and every day. That's the gimmick, first off. And her mannerisms are very quirky. And the movie itself that fits the theme of what this director has done before I've heard nothing but spectacular things, and they've already anointed Emma Stone as an early Oscar favorite. And Mark Ruffalo, according to Kurt Affair, can do no wrong, (laughs) should be Columbo if they ever do a remake. You're right, he would do a good Columbo indeed, a good Peter Falk impersonation. But I think that uh, Mark Ruffalo is also, and Willem Dafoe have also been very noted as far as their work in this movie. But yes, Poor Things, I think, my friend, is a movie you'll be talking about his movies don't perform like blockbusters, but it could be a movie in December that could catch on with an art house audience. Yeah, I mean, it sounds. I, I was intrigued by it when I was reading it. They also said it was like very raunchy, and so yes, very that was, uh, because she's discovering make... herself and she's uh, you know yeah. becoming. Uh, she goes through adolescence and she discovers a lot of things and. You can just take three guesses what she discovers a lot of uh, right, during the course. Right. Of yeah, I'm sure. But it's just like, yeah, and it, it definitely sounds very artsy and very like a, a very daring film to make in, a, yes. you know, 2023. So, yeah, that that alone, like just having the, I guess, what 
being brave enough to make something like that probably makes it worth watching. I, I'm, I'm assuming to a lot of people. Also, as well as Kurt Affair said, uh, David Fincher comes out with the with the killer, uh, featuring, uh, of course, a great performance. What has been noted already by Michael Fassbender. This movie is actually coming out in uh, in release to theaters. Uh, let me go ahead and get the date on that. But it's also coming out to Netflix uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, so I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend. Michael Fassbender has been off the radar for a little while. It's had a little bit of controversy as well. Uh, your thoughts, though, on the killer, and could that be a killer for Netflix? It's coming out in November, just to let you know, for box office, but shortly thereafter for Netflix. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really know anything about it, but I, you know, Michael Fassbender has always been pretty solid in every role that he's played i i don't i don't remember what the you know controversy surrounding him is but uh i've always enjoyed his movies and i always think he's a pretty solid actor especially when it comes to playing like stoic um you know these these stoic characters who are slightly unhinged and slightly violent like he's 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 really good at playing those roles so i don't know i mean you know i love fincher's stuff and i am definitely going to watch this when i have an opportunity to Definitely looking forward to, to The Killer. But before we head on out, my friend, I just wanted to go ahead and mention some other movies. Maestro, which you know as far as the controversy there, as far as the nose is concerned for Bradley Cooper. A lot of people are still saying this is a very, very, very good film. So going ahead and touching on the life of, of Leonard Bernstein. A lot of people are talking about that. Uh, the Palace, The Promised Land. Thank you very much. The Theory of Everything, Frank Capra, Mr. America, Final Dawn, Dogman, The Count, Commandante, The Kane Mutiny Court Martial, The Beast. There's a lot of really good movies that are coming out, my friend, and a lot of them were shown off at the Venice Film Festival. So I'm eager to see some of these films get some love later on this year. I'm going to have to do some more research on these movies because I, I don't know a whole ton about them. But judging by the titles, they sound they sound fascinating. So I'll I'm interested to, to see because of the nose controversy with with Bradley Cooper, how much love he is actually going to get with uh, the maestro and how well it will be received when it comes out later this year. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, Kurt Affair said Maestro will have Bradley Cooper nominated for Best Actor. His his nose will be Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's is that really worth making a big deal out of? I guess to some in the community, it is. So I have to respect their judgment and their their thoughts on that. Uh, again, that's that's an, an issue that I think the family to say that you know they support his costume design the costume choice to have that kind of large nose that leonard bernstein actually had in his life so they he was trying to be true to the character i think it's nothing more than that i don't think people should try to you know people want to try to read into that more than that that that's up to them but again i think it's just they're trying to portray a life of, of someone that contributed greatly to the world of entertainment and i hope that they see that first and foremost because the family sees that first and foremost of leonard bernstein right. so and I'm hoping, again, for some great movies to come out of this. I'm going to take a look at Poor Things, a Maestro. I'm going to try and see if I can catch all these great movies before the year's done because, if, you know, this year has been a, very devoid of really good films up to this date. I've only had, like, a few so far on my best of 2023 list. So looking forward to adding more onto the list of 2023 for pop culture. But what are your thoughts out there on the Venice Film Festival? Please let us know. 
popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we head on out to All Elite Wrestling, I know you're not a big pro wrestling fan anymore, but I did have a pro wrestling show with John Orlando on the Friday show where we covered the state of pro wrestling, where there was an incident backstage involving CM Punk, and we did not know the full outcome of, but I want to report that is not storyline, that uh, unfortunately CM Punk has been terminated by All Elite Wrestling, which leaves them without a a top of the card main event wrestler for them and it's probably going to hurt them a little bit financially but they've one of the things that we forget about in the world of pro wrestling is that the world of pro wrestling is still a workplace and there's still certain things in the workplace environment that you have to understand has to be done correctly and properly outside of the ring if things aren't going well beside outside the ring and if there's conflicts and there's fights backstage, legitimate fights, real fights backstage, people coming to blows legitimately and the workplace environment just becomes an unsafe workplace environment, then things have to be done. And if it means, unfortunately, sometimes the termination of an individual that could be more to your company's finances down the road, then unfortunately that has to be the case sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's better to get rid of them before they do more harm. And, you know, some people don't, you know, some people are just, you can't manage what they're going to do. So I totally understand limiting your liabilities before they get worse. Absolutely. Uh, Kurt Affair said Shock Rukan comes out September 7th. I know that uh, my expert on Bollywood is very excited for that film, plus the sci-fi that's coming out, I believe, in early January. That one has gotten a lot of hype to it as well. Uh, but uh, he's looking forward to that for the Bollywood scene. So look, happy for him. And uh, hopefully he'll be able to come on the show and talk about that with Shah Rukh Khan and more coming out here in the not-too-distant future for Bollywood. But yes, CM Punk. Uh, he is out now that he's burned his bridge with both AEW and WWE. Uh, you know, I, all I know, Josh, is that my knowledge of the pro wrestling world says, even though you think you've burned bridges everywhere you've gone, those bridges can get rebuilt if you think you can draw money. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, it just, you know, yeah. there, there's always yeah. a hope. Yeah. Yeah. But my friend... Last thoughts on Happy Hoarder collectibles. What do people need to go ahead and look at it? What do people need to get for Labor Day weekend before we head on out? Uh, we just got a bunch of the new Halloween trick-or-treat Pokemon cards in. You can check those out. We got some new uh, Demon Slayer Funko Pops as well as some new uh, One Piece Funko Pops. Check it all out, www.happyhordercollectibles.com. This week, we're supposed to be getting a big shipment of things, uh, some Christmas items, some Halloween items. So just keep checking back. Hopefully, I'll have things you know updated and ready to go here within the next five days. But it always takes time. So definitely check them out. And uh, yes, happyhordercollectibles.com. There you go. And I hope he gets that pop. I think he'll do well with the pop I, secret I gave him. So there you go. Kurt Affairs says he's enjoyed the One Piece live action so far. It's gotten really solid reviews. Have you had a chance to check it out on Netflix, my friend? Not yet. I want to. I just my kids want to watch it, and we just haven't had time where we're all been you know sitting in the living room together. So as soon as I'm hoping to catch it this week, though. There you go. Absolutely. After you're playing Starfield, of course. Of course. So for Josh Peterson, a.k.a. Josh the Great, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop 
Culture Cosmos. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great